Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Here's your host from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello, we are the Get Savvy Club and we're on a mission to teach anyone in property how to get visible online. Why? So you can get deals, you can get direct bookings, you can find JV partners and investors, or if you're a realtor or estate agent, you can find new stock and ultimately you can make money. If you would like our help, just message us on info at getsavvyclub.co.uk or find us on social media. I think I've known this guy for quite a while. You know when you kind of know people online for a while, but you never really like actually properly meet or sort things out. And I've kind of known of him as the the wealth building man. So it's good to get him onto our podcast. It's a guy called Kevin Whelan that we're interviewing today and he runs a business all to do with building wealth and it's not the obvious is it no it's really nice guy actually and what i liked is that he's quite sort of scientific right it's Mm. these things you do these things and you know this happens and actually before i don't know whether it was before we started recording or what but he was asking us a few questions about our business which we should have been able to answer way easier than we could yeah um, yeah it's interesting isn't it how you you start a business because you're good at what you do but there's so many other elements to it and i think that's what he helps people with yeah and a real step by step what yeah you'll hear in the podcast but there's if you think oh well, I'm so far removed from wealth building. I'm just trying to get through day to day. Still listen, because actually there's, he does make it like achievable to just start making them steps. It doesn't matter how small they are, just start making those steps. Because that's the, I think, yeah, we do sometimes think, oh, wealth building, hang on, I'm, I just need to get through this month. Hey, my uh, no, yeah, people don't think that far ahead of um, what, like, like I certainly didn't think I'd be in my 40s one day, that's insane. So then you think, oh, your mid-60s is so far away, your mid-70s is so far away, but actually, it's not, is it? Well, it is, yeah. but it isn't. I knew I'd be in my mid-40s, I just didn't realise it would happen quite so quickly. I'm not <laughs> even in my mid-40s. <laughs> no, I'm say, what you're about? <laughs> just copying you. I do sometimes have to think, how old am I? And you forget, don't you? Because mm. it just whirls around. And I can't believe, you know, we're recording this on a Friday. This week is just, every week I say it, but it just goes so fast, doesn't yeah. it? And as ever. So, yeah, you've got to get prepared. And what I really liked about it, like you said, is that it's step by step, it's systemized, and it's not as hard as you think. So, have a listen to the podcast and, um, yeah, see what you think of it. Let's get into it. If you're enjoying Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app. To rate, follow, and subscribe. Well, I'm Kevin Wheel. I'm the founder of a company called Wealth Builders, which does what it says on the tin. Well, 95% of the population never become financially independent, and there's a whole host of reasons wow. why that's the case. That's some stat, uh, isn't it? That is a massive stat. I've spent my last 30 years, so, well, yes, both building wealth through a structured process, not that I knew what I was doing at the beginning, but of accumulating assets and i believe there are only seven assets you can use to build wealth and that's part of my ip we call it the seven pillars of wealth i've yet to find number eight by the way so if uh, one of your listeners can help me find the eighth asset i'd be thrilled to that and always offer a case of very fine champagne for anybody who does that that. i haven't discovered in 30 years but i've discovered (laughs) seven and here's the thing most people work a lifetime with their house and their pension and their investments, and they get some kind of value, but they defer everything till they're old. Most and then people, they die. In the case of my father, who was 46 when he died, unfortunately, oh. that was the very catalyst for me to not trade time for money yeah. and to become completely dedicated and focused to building assets for 
a life that I didn't think might be long because I was cut from the same genetic cloth as my dad. But fortunately, I have considerably passed that age. Probably, you know, just teach now what I can and enthusiastically share a step-by-step process that anybody can follow to get an average of between six to 10,000 a month recurring, mm. uh, which for most people seems to be... Yeah. You know, hitting the spot. So what are the seven pillars then? The first three are the traps that most people fall into because they park their money. So they're latent assets. They're not really working very hard. So number one is the home you live in. I call that home capacity. Now, everybody can create an income from their home, but most people don't, do they? And when they do, it tends to be right at the end of their life when they realize they've cocked it up. So they downsize. And then that downsize or equity release kind of creates more uncertainty, really. With the 95%, it's like a lifetime of uncertainty when you're old. And just a, a day spending worried about money is a, is, is a lifetime because it's all pervasive. You know, people who are worried about money never gets out of their mind. Anyway, that's number one. Number two is pensions, right? The biggest source of retirement wealth in the UK. It's the hugest part and it's the most undervalued and overlooked. Uh, and, and I spend my life trying to get people to focus on what they've got, not to say go and get one, but focus on what you've got and turn it into something better. And I'll talk about that for sure. The third is parked money and in investing. So mostly then one, two, three, I've got power, but they're just not switched on. They're in first gear almost. The four, which are exciting, the entrepreneurial pillars, I call them, the stuff of magic, where you can add value, you can drive value, you can make incredible recurring income. Number four is a portfolio of property. So generating rental income, which is not the same as not generating any income from the other three. Mm. Number five is a business that generates recurring income. Not a business that trades time for money or a service for money, but recurring income. I specialize in that. That's number five. Number six, is generating income from your IP or intellectual property. Books, courses, memberships, subscriptions, you name it. And then number seven, joint ventures and collaborations where you get to work with other people like you two working together and other people working together, bringing different dynamics, different perspectives, different skills, different sums of money and so on. And when you combine them, you can build financial independence and become financially bulletproof. So you're less reliant on one asset. So one of anything is dangerous. Uh, And that's what I advocate generally is to focus on building one or two and then expand and diversify into three, four, maybe five. And if you get it really well, you can generate an income from all seven. And if you do that, nothing will ever make you feel uncertain again. Mm -hmm. And you feel safe and secure, not just for yourself, but for a spouse or dependent and the next generation. And that is my big passion is how to bring financial literacy to the next generation, I'm sure. You yeah. might ask me about that. How did you get started doing this then? What, what was your road to financial freedom? Yeah, well, the, the road started with the death of my dad. You know, I was an economist at the time, living in London. Uh, my degree is economics. Thought I was going to be a banker. Uh, other people might use an alternative language, but <laughs> I thought I'd be one of those. And uh, in the end, when he died, and I sort of, you know, smart guy, thinking hang on a minute, if I go go 46, this is what I'm on as a salary. This is the tax. This is the net. I can't make it. Mm. I can't build enough money to, I didn't think about cash flow then. I was thinking about, can I build enough money? That's what most people do to have a comfortable life for, for my wife and, and for the kids I didn't have. But well, the question everybody asks is when can I retire? Isn't it? 
and they work that out based on their retirement pot. Do they need yeah. to keep working to feed that pot so that they and rather than looking at it the other way around? Well, and it's the opposite way around. There are two ways yeah. to invest money. One is to grow it in some hope of an accumulation, and the other is to build cash flow. So I discovered that the best way to build things is to work out, well, what can you do once and get paid forever? How do you do that then? That was the question I asked myself. And I discovered by iteration, not by coaching or guidance, there was no mentorship. There was no internet, Anita, then. I remember. <laughs> when I started, well, yeah, yeah, I remember it well. There was nothing. You couldn't Google anything. There was nothing no. to Google. You had to go to the Encyclopedia Britannica or something, you know. We didn't have any encyclopedias in my house either. No, we had to go to the library. <laughs> no, I spent screwed. a lot of time in libraries. I love them. Yeah. I think yeah. yeah it's well, a shame they're dying out. And it's so much faster now. It took me 15 years to become completely financially independent. And I did that really primarily through the ownership of businesses in finance that created recurring income. So almost like a mini franchise of a mortgage broking business, an IFA business. And now subsequently... So you didn't start them, you just bought them? I built them. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, again, that's an interesting point. You can buy something that's already working or you can build something. And at the beginning, I had to build because there wasn't any path to follow. So yeah. there wasn't a business to buy. I wasn't thinking that way. I was thinking, how can I do work that pays me forever? And then, oh, right, that's interesting. I can do that. How can I do the next thing? And gradually, I sort of distilled it down to the IP that I have now. You know, I've written many books and uh, spoken on many stages and uh, delighted to to share what I know uh, with you. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Where does that come from? From the desire to be financially free because you didn't think you had a lot of time to then go and actually... I can help other people to do this as well. So where, where does that bit come from? Well, that bit came from when you reach financial independence, and there are different levels of wealth, financial independence being the kind of holy grail. When you get past that and you get to into abundance where there's there's no amount of money you could possibly spend anymore, you switch off thinking about just building assets. You switch on to how you can share your legacy. And that's really what I do now as I just try and teach other people. Yes, of course, there's a commercial value in a business, but anybody who meets me will will know that I obsess about giving away free content, free value, help anybody for nothing. Well, you've because... got the podcast, haven't you? So that's a great yeah, one. Yeah, Maybe yeah. shout that out because people that listen to this podcast will obviously listen to podcasts. So Yeah, well, yeah, I've got a podcast that uh, leverages time. It's called Wealth Talk. We're into just pushing up to 200 now. And, um, you know, we give books away. We meet people and we ask them to give books to us so they don't have to go to the library. You know, so I try and persuade people to give free content because it's just a great way to show your authority and to to build a bridge. And at some point, you know, people will connect or they won't connect. But either way, they learn something to do something. It's all about... Mm -hmm. Education is the precursor to everything. Everything in the world that's good is created twice, once in the head, second in action. So you've got to get it in your head first. And the only way to do that is education. Of the seven, then, what's your favorite? Business by a million miles. Is it? (laughs) Why? uh, Yeah, it's a great question, Anna. And the reason for that is because when you think about any other asset, your ROI is limited to a certain degree by the restrictions on how you add value. So if you think about you buy a buy-to-let, say, or an HMO, you can get value and you can drive more value, but you can't get, you can't exponential the value. Mm-hmm. But with a business, once you create the idea and then deliver that systematically, the power to influence a large number of people is bigger in a business than it is by having a thousand HMOs, which would take you 
you know, mountains of money. And I'm not focusing on HMOs for any reason other than just they just popped into my head. But it's so much easier to have a thousand clients. If you've got a thousand clients paying you a thousand a year, you know, you've got a million quid in recurring income. Well, and 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 what I love about that is it focuses your value, giving them value. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they'll pain. Yeah. You have to do that. So I think it it it, it calls out to your DNA of, of having integrity to do great work. I mean, I suppose property has got a mixed bag, hasn't it, of reviews. We saw in the news last night sort of, you know, the Rackman stories coming back in London and people taking advantage of, uh, of others. And I think it's just dreadful. But there's so many things you can do. Why not put all your creativity in your life to good work? Why make it for evil or, or negative work? So all of those things, why I think business is great. Yeah, and focusing on, like you say, giving value to people because it doesn't detract from the amount you can earn. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to make money and wanting to be wealthy. And that doesn't mean that you can't also help people and it can't be win-win. I think that in this country, it's almost people are ashamed to say, yeah, I want to make money, you know, and I want to make money from other people. But it doesn't mean I'm going to like not give a great service or a great product or they're not going to feel happy as well. Like We talk to a lot of people and we'll say to them, you know, what, what kind of um, money do you want to make? And some people just go, oh, I'm not interested in money. And actually, we were talking at a um, strategy thing in Birmingham a few weeks ago and one of the things that Simon Zucci said is which stuck with me because it's a great saying is the best way to help the poor is to not be one and it's so true isn't it I think there's a lot of uh, good stuff that comes out of the mouth of Simon you know I've yeah. time for Simon he's a personal friend a personal client of wealth builders as well and um, you know I'm thrilled to, to work with him and he's one of the people that gives of himself so mm-hmm. freely as well in fact we just did a, a YouTube video on the implications of the latest budget and how to look through all the small print and find the, the little golden nuggets that are out there. So we, we've done that. You can be young without money, but you can't be old without money. You simply cannot be old without money. Yeah. Because we, I mean, I don't know if these statistics mean anything to anybody, but we've had the, the biggest on record number of over 70 year olds having to go to work because they can't make ends meet. 500,000 people in the UK are aged over 70 and going back to work because they've run out of money in their pension or the cost of living has gone up so much that they can't afford on the pension they've got, state pension and plus whatever they've got. The average income in the UK in retirement, 15,000 a year. That's the average income in the UK. Mm. Most people get this so horrendously wrong, yet all the knowledge and information is available if they were able to take action. And all I want to do is help 50,000 people become financially independent, and then I've made my mark. Mm. And then teach the parents of those 50,000 how to teach their kids how to do the very same thing. What is, if anyone listening to this is thinking, shit, that's exactly where I am. Okay. What's the one thing they can do to take action to start, apart from like listening to your podcast and finding out a bit more about what you do? Well, it's a great question, and there's always one thing. And the philosophy that I try and extol comes out of something is one of my kevisms or my my kids call it a kevosophy yeah i'm full of them um <laughs> not full of what you said but hopefully full of <laughs> never let 30 days go by without doing something positive to build your wealth now anybody can do one thing so what could you do right you're a millennial and you've opted out of the works pension scheme because you think ah oh, no i need the money no get the free money because the company will pay you yeah. So they'll match your payment or give you more. So 
do that. Here's a number for you. And I know it seems like you like a number. 20 billion. And that number is the amount of money floating in the economic ether, lost pensions wow. that have just got disconnected from the people who created them in the first place. Right? I'd find out. You know, if you work for someone, shit, then I'll pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, old, and old accounts. So I used to work for a bank yeah. and we had of accounts that people hadn't accessed for years there's there's millions and millions where people have got an old account with maybe a hundred quid or something yeah. like that and forgotten they'd had it right and there are and ways to go you, you google it there are ways to go yeah find out. and so you can trace them there's a pension tracing agency in newcastle we help people do that anyway that's for lost pensions uh you've also got people not contributing people paying too much in fees is my biggest soapbox which the average person delegates their money we talked about it going to the long term one day, someday, I hope to get money. Well, I mentioned there are two ways to grow, to build money. One is you you grow it and hope to accumulate it. Two is you cash flow it. Would you rather build something and hope one day the fund is enough? Then you've created a nest egg, and then you get to 60 or 65 and you start cracking eggs to live. You know you're going to be uncertain because you don't know how long you're going to live and stock market could fall, inflation could go up. It's better to have cash flow. So what's the one thing you could do to create £100 a month in cash flow if you've got zero? Look at the seven assets. I've got a free book to give people, you know, anybody who wants to do that, they can reach out and I'll give them a free book called The Seven Pillars of Wealth. They yeah, can we'll discover. give it out through here as well. If yeah, you yeah, yeah. One thing they could do, they'll find one thing. This is the point. I mean, everybody's different. Everybody's got a different interest. Everybody's got a different wealth dynamic, how they think, how they process information. Find one thing to make 100 quid. Or do something on the side and then take some of the money you make and plant a seed. Just the seed is even if you just build very low cost tracker funds in, in the stock market. If you don't know anything else, you could do that tomorrow. You know, so I, I tend to give somebody, anybody I meet, something to do each month. Mm. Do that first, then do that, then do that. And then after that, they should be able to sort of start to pick up the pace for themselves. It's like giving people a driving lesson. You know, when you... Remember when you got your first driving lesson, you were all a bit clunky and your feet and your eyes were all in different directions. It's just trying to get people to start. Mm -hmm. And those who've already made a start, how to accelerate. And then those who've really built financial independence, how to create a great legacy. So there's always a place where I believe that we can add value to people. Yeah, it's getting your head in the game, isn't it? A mindset thing. If you think, oh, I can't do that. Oh, you know, wealth for other people. I've, I've got no assets. I've got no time, whatever. It's you, your head's not in the game and you're never going to do it. So it's about changing that self-belief, I guess, in the first instance. Yeah. And when the, when the numbers are as low as what you, what you speak yeah. about then, like £100, it almost feels like, is it even worth it? Do you know what I mean? Like, go out there and make like £100 this month. Why? Do you know, that will go in like... And I, I speak like this because I was a stroke to a certain extent i'm that person that would think what's the pot you know like what for 100 pa- what for 100 pound is it worth it do you know what i mean like you yeah what i before. meant though maybe you misheard me anna i don't know but what i meant is they're relying on a single source of income and if you said right if your income stopped because your health or something interrupted that income stream how much would come in automatically in your life yeah. And for most people, the answer is zero. So how do you get £100 a month? Because I have worked for companies years ago, obviously, and then they say about the pension, and you think, 
oh, well, that's just taking a little bit from me. Is it really worth it? Do you know, there's a lot of people with that mindset. And I know oh, I've had is. arguments with young people that I've worked with that when <laughs> they've said, oh, no, I'll opt out. And I'm like, you won't opt out because yeah. you're you're turning down money from the government and from the, the company. And you mm. just run around and yeah. a big old house with them. Yeah, but if, you don't, if, you're, if you've never been around wealth and, you know, and, it seems, and you're young and it seems so far away all of this time, it is hard to to make that shift but it's good it's good that you've got people like obviously how you were anita saying to people no and explaining it and then Mm. obviously like kevin and the free stuff because you kind of need the times that i've worked with people and then i said oh here's like you try and give them a book but they don't read it and there's there's, it's so frustrating but you're right and then they get to like 70 and then it's wow they've they've got to continue doing a little job the real answer is i mean fortunately i get the opportunity to you know mix and meet with people like you and simon and others where you've already discovered that wealth is an important issue and you're just charting your own journey Mm. and usually I can diagnose that in almost like a financial GP and look at the financial circumstances of anybody like a CAT scan I can say you could accelerate by doing that that and that and I get tested all the time and I'll yeah I'd love to see what you think of get something it always works out all the leaky holes we've got (laughs) (laughs) you might not want me to do that online but but that's something I can do and it takes about 30 minutes to do but, yeah. um, but as you were talking about the seven, though, I was like, tick, tick, tick. Do, you, do you know what I mean? It's like, actually, we've got right. that in place, we've got that in place, Isn't we've got that, that in place. Yeah. So, you know, you know that you've, you're on the way to doing something from, from exactly. like, you know, from all those years years ago. I'm thinking, okay, right, okay, well, maybe we need to do more of that or that or whatever it may be. So well, you, it's, know when it's, you... you have to commit to it, don't you? Build your, yeah. you know, do you want to build your wealth? And, yeah, well, once you, you're open to it, you can get started. You know, you go on an aeroplane, they always say secure your own oxygen mask first. Yeah. So I prefer that process to, to teach the parents. And yeah. there are so many wonderful, mm. simple, elegant things that kids can gradually start to get that message to the kids when they're younger. So rather than, you know, somebody externally imposing a thought or here's a book, just the parents can learn. Yes. And then those who are enlightened to want to do that because money is a life skill. It's not being greedy. We're not saying, you know, money is the root of all solutions or alternatively the root of all evil. It's just an important life skill. Yeah, everybody yeah. has to have it. So yeah. why not try and gradually? And we've got so many case studies now of, of parents doing absolutely wonderful and fantastic things for kids, whether they're six or 26, just to gradually start to bring money into the conversation. Because for most people, I don't know about you, but you know, when I asked my parents, you know, when I could ask about money, you got a clip around the ear. You know, that wasn't something that was talked about. And, and I now meet elder generations from my clients and they want to tidy up the legacy and the, the people in their 70s and 80s are often just close to it. You know, the culture has been built up and we don't talk yeah. about it. And then all that inheritance tax that gets paid because the conversation, I want to stop that. I want to bring money as a, as a subject taboo instead of that to get it on the table. And usually the best place to do it is at the table. Yeah. You know, you're going to have a meal anyway, so do it at the table. And that's how I share it. And-, and also I try to make sure that my children aren't influenced by kind of, especially at the moment, the society, the news and everything is all about cost of living. No one's got any money. Everyone's struggling. It's all about mm. food banks. And I say, there, there, there's money out there, kids. You know, loads of people have got loads of money still. There is money to be made out there. Don't think, oh, there's nothing. Everybody's poor because that's what the news will portray. But that's exactly. the truth. Oh, exactly right. I couldn't agree with you more on that. So the news is always going to look for the bad news stories. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, social media will have a 
plan. I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg has a little plan of his own. And and if if well domination. Will, that's his little plan. <laughs> if, if the media do all that, you know, the responsibility in the end will fall on us. So mm-hmm. I think it's just better to try and give give the parents that that sort of view that the schools won't teach it, the workplace won't teach it, university won't teach it. Who's going to teach it? It's not in school's interest to teach it, is it? Because they just want a load of worker bees who don't question it and will work till they're 60, 70, whatever, and then retire and live a simple life and then die. That's that's good for society, isn't it? It's good for all of us that we've got someone doing all of this stuff. So it's not in their interest. But one of the sayings I really love that feels negative, but is actually really empowering is nobody's coming to save you. And, you know, I, I say it to the kids, it's, you are it. You know, you can do what you want. You can be what you want um, and you can earn whatever money you want. But you are it. The buck stops with you. You've got to decide to do it. Learn what you need to learn and take whatever action you need. So what uh, do you do now you're financially free apart from the work you do? What are the fun things you do in life? Oh, the, the fun things. So uh, I'm regularly away because I think one of the, the joys from a wealth perspective, which I think if you had 100 people in the room and said, what would you do if you're wealthy? You get the same things come up, more time, yeah. to do what you want to do, travel more. You know, just even take up interest doesn't have to be golf or the beach, which is you know one of the standard phrases. So I really love to travel, big nature, uh, interesting cities, short breaks, long breaks. I do like golf and and I do like wine. So I study wine. I love wine. So you know, get into that. But uh, the real pleasure now, my granddad is um, you know, is to is to get involved more with the family and just moved home in order to put ourselves in the middle of our three grown up kids so that. As my wife says, they can pop in, <laughs> and, and, us- and usually it's like, can we pop in? And and dad picks up the tab. But I think there's there's a great fun thing to create what we call family charters, which is to actually create a method by which the stewardship of of the wealth you're creating as the pioneer gets passed on, so that the value that lasts not just to the immediate family, but the ones beyond that and the ones beyond that. Yeah. So the whole principle of stewardship and and charters is is what I like to write about and what I like to do as well. So working with the whole family rather than working with one person to build the wealth. It's not how do you yeah. how do you pass this on? So in yeah. 150 years, they're they're toasting the old bugger and saying, you know, that was a kevosophy, wasn't it? As they glug back a yeah. So it a makes a real difference. To, yeah, I think people, so. It, it gives yeah. me a reason to get up in the morning and and to want to share the message. And we've used a few phrases today. And there's a an interesting one from the old physics book, which is an object at rest stays at rest. So most people are at rest, you know, so I hope there's a catalyst there somewhere. And I don't want it to be a tragedy like mine. So I want to nudge people to take yeah. some action. You want to do one thing a month. I, in fact, I don't even worry about the amount of money they make. Can you do one thing a month? Can you do one thing a month? Yeah. Yeah, course. I can do one thing a month. Most people can then, do one thing a month. it's not overwhelming, right? Because... Yeah. Often the thing is, oh, there's too many choices, too many things to do. It looks like a big mountain to climb, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, Financial yeah, yeah. freedom and wealth building. Exactly. And hmm. I would rather try and help somebody, and not everybody's ready for it, Anna, as you already mentioned, but to spend five years to be independent and then never worry about money for the rest of their life rather than spend 30 years just kind of taking their eye off the ball and saving and yeah. hoping and then having a life of uncertainty. Freedom comes from certainty. Yeah, You can't have freedom without certainty or control. Mm-hmm. And that's my focus is how do you get more certainty? How do you get more control? I show people how to take control, usually of pillars one, two, three, how to make money from their home, how to make money from their pension how to make money from their investments and certainly pay less in fees because the biggest wealth transfer i'm seeing at the moment 
is the amount of money that is paid by people investing money blindly, sleepwalking in fees. So we try and do something about that as well. Yeah, yeah. Cool. good stuff. So two questions we ask all of our guests. And one is, um, what makes you savvy? Because we're the Get Savvy Club. Well, you know, savvy comes from having a little bit of wisdom. I suppose I've earned the right to have a little bit of wisdom now. And that savviness means I can look at that financial perspective with a holistic view, not with a an axe to grind, say you should do this or you should do that because I teach this or that, but just to have that overall 360 holistic view of all money and say, just build it that way. And we can point you in the right direction of the right person if it's not us. So a GP calls on specialists and yes. I think as a financial GP, I've built that savviness over the last 30 years. Great answer. And then the other one is to recommend a book, which could be yours if you like. Well, get that one. It's it's free, right? So yes. I'm not making any money from that and it's a giveaway. So the, the two free books I give away, one's called Save a Fortune, How to Eliminate Your Mortgage Loans and Credit Cards Fast. That's for people who I call in financial free fall. There's more month left at the end of their money how do you do something about that? Mm. Okay. And then the second one is now you're ready to learn the seven pillars of wealth, uh, the seven assets that, you know, you and I just talked about, then, you know, they can learn those and go, okay, which one do I think I could do something with? And mm. we can signpost people to that. And uh, there's a couple in the pipeline. And the one that I think I'll definitely would love to come back and talk about at some point is how to be a great money role model for your kids. Oh, yeah. yeah that's a good one. That's on the stocks right now. I'm sort of in mid-writing. Uh, it's going to take a while. I've been writing it and thinking about it for a long time. But uh, the reason it's taken so long is because I'm writing content, whether it's for a six-year-old or a 26-year-old. That's a tough That's tough. That is tough yeah. range of people. That's right. So I need to yeah. think about what's in the mind. So I've got yeah. children's authors writing stuff for the younger people and, and me doing the kind of stuff in the middle. And then I've got somebody called The Wise Uncle, who wants to teach the sort of older people. So, you know, in their 20s and 30s, you know, they're getting pay slips, but they don't know the pension. They don't know their tax position. They just really don't know what they're doing. They're just drifting. Yeah, great stuff. And it is so important, isn't it? And it's down to you to make the decision where do you want to be, like you say, in five years, in 10 years, and what action you're going to take to get there. Mm-hmm. And you've got to start with learning, haven't you? Because, no, of course we don't know what to do. We don't know how to drive until someone shows us. We don't have to swim, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, we and want, we know we how to make money. There, don't we? we want to go. We want the independence of driving when we're 17, 18. We want to be yeah. able to do it, but we can't just get in and go. You can't do it. You're going to wreck yourself. So Yeah. A is important yeah definitely because my daughter Anna and I've got 16 year old daughter who was 17 at the end of the year and my daughter's okay. desperate to drive and she said that her dad had looked up how much insurance would be for her to get insurance on a car and it's going to be two thousand pounds a year and I just said so you've got all summer to earn a load of money haven't you to pay for that right. and uh, I think she thought I'd kind of go oh don't worry I'll pay for yeah. that but no it's gonna this is gonna set the tone isn't it that exactly. I said your life is about to get way more expensive especially when you do drive then you need money to put petrol in you need money to go to places and you know it's about time you took responsibility for that so uh, yeah it's I'm hard to very happy with that answer. yeah it's be hard. A great case study for the book Anita mm, yeah. yeah yeah it's hard to know I think like because they are 16 I think it's a tough age to like how do you get them kind of prepared and ready for when they are that bit older because of course we're not going to pay for there's certain things we pay for 
obviously just on a subscription basis for these like obviously you pay for a contact lenses i pay for yeah. like the you know like their phones or maybe contact, the gym and yeah. stuff you think actually like when does it when do you go right okay i'm not paying for your gym membership anymore on like this kids thing because you're not a child anymore and you should be having your own money and that kind of thing really because i guess we didn't really have these things well i didn't you know nothing was paid for me so it's quite easy i just went out and earned my own money and then made my own way all time so it's yeah. hard to know how you because you can't just say overnight go right okay they're all your pills now <laughs> that's a bit harsh that's a good point but that's i think that's the very essence of where i'm coming from which is yeah. to to gradually do it from a very early age. Hmm. So, for example, you know, a couple of things I might do that would be slightly different as I would have had the 16-year-old do their own research, right? Because they've got a great skill. So not dad do it, they do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I do do actually because she wants our phone contracts drop in March and every time we go abroad her phone doesn't work because it, our phones are linked and it, I get data roaming and then she does whatever. So it's annoyed her Fred because she wants to move phone contracts and I've been telling her for a year, look it up. Go find another one. I'm not doing it. My phone works. I'm fine leaving it. So I'm happy. Yeah. I've done that. Anna and I both separated from our children's fathers. So right. it's a difficult one because then, you know, their dad, what you don't do, they do. And, um, you know, it's not doing me any favor. Uh, that, that's more difficult to have the double influences because yeah. they're, they're not always like to be aligned. Mm. Uh, just because, you know, I'm not trying to generalize here, but if, if the kids are living with the mom and then the dad's there, the dad's often to build that relationship more strongly is often a gift giver and throws money at and the pays, situation. Pays yeah. thing to, to sort of repair some of that. And there's not a lot you can do about that. Um, however, you know, that's the whole point about trying to educate mm. the, the parents and, um, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll share some of those. And if you've got some insights into yours as yours get older and realize for themselves, you know, the value of things and you can't do everything. And I think they, they're going to be headed for, colleges universities or work at some point and they're going to discover that as well so all yeah. sorts of lessons to teach them along the way and hopefully you know i'll send you a copy of the book and you can tell me if i've missed anything because then I can yeah i'd love to yeah, yeah that'd be good and um so how can um so obviously we're gonna have the books and we'll put them in the show notes but what is the best way for people to find out more about you individually is should they find, look you up on linkedin or sure, you know, yeah absolutely well worldbuilders.co.uk is the website you can see my name there so linkedin facebook whichever and i'm more than happy to to send free stuff to anybody we've got a facebook group as well but wealthbuilders.co.uk is the easiest place to start and like anything in life is you're not going to be wealthy overnight so just start by making connections with people you know whoever you resonate with really and i'll resonate with some and i won't resonate with others and that's just the way of life mm -hmm. but if you resonate with with me and the values because that's what's enshrined in all of our work we'll send you free stuff we love people to get free stuff from they we actually encourage it so they go consume all of our free content as much as we can give them. So when they're ready, they drop into a closer relationship. And then when they're ready, they drop. So we want to be ready when they are. That's yeah. why we give so much. And they're stuff. more likely to be successful. And then you can talk about all the success you have with your clients as well, rather than not being ready. Exactly. You can't work yeah. with people who aren't ready. You just give them stuff because, as I said, an object at rest stays at rest. And you can't be the catalyst you hope to be mm. by inspiring but sometimes, you know, we, we definitely have lots of experience of people following us for two years and then going, I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. Whatever that point of catalyst was, whatever it was, they're ready. Yeah. And because we've invested so much of our time in just nurturing that relationship, usually when they're ready, they reach out. 
Yeah. It's the same with our clients, actually. We often hear, you know, I don't have the time for social media. I don't know what to do. Right. You know, it scares me a bit. And actually, behind all of that is I'm not ready to get out there because I feel, you know, scared to put myself above the parapet to get visible and all of that. And we do help clients with that. But essentially, they've got to make that decision within themselves that actually Great they point. want their goals so much. It's worth, you know being out of their comfort zone and really going for it. And then we can show them what to do and they'll be successful. But well, that's, until that's then... A point. That's a great point. There's a parallel with building wealth and building a social presence, isn't it? Yeah. So both yeah. of them, you have to expose yourself a little. Both of them, you have to come out of a comfort zone. And both, you've got to take some kind of action or be committed yeah. to yeah. take it. Otherwise, it won't work. Yeah. And every single time people do it and it's never as scary as they think, because at the end of the day, no one cares about you because we're all busy thinking about ourselves and what people are thinking about us. So it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. People go, oh, actually, I don't know why I didn't do this ages ago, um, which is lovely for us all the time. If you're enjoying Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, follow and subscribe. Fabulous. Uh, so what I really liked about it is that he talks about it in a way that is about just a little bit, just do one little thing today yeah. and then one little thing tomorrow. And rather than think about the big picture and feel overwhelmed and like you can't we get said one thing a month, didn't he? Just one thing. Yeah. A month. Can you just do one thing a month? And even if that is just to reach out to see if you've got any old pensions or, you know, whatever it may be. Definitely. And, and surely we can all do that. And because um, there are loads of things I know I should get better at or should look at um, and things like that. And um, I don't. And if I just thought, OK, let's break it down into one a month. And yeah, that's an easier way to do it. So it's all about working in a way that you can get stuff done, isn't it? We're all busy. Um, so there's no point pretending, actually, you know, this time next year, I'll be really organised and really structured because, you know, you won't be. So, yeah, um, yeah. So you've got you've not done whatever you're thinking of doing because you're thinking it's it's a job to set aside a whole chunk of time to do rather than mm. thinking actually if you put in I don't know like the 18th of each month you wrote in your diary like do something to work to, uh, towards your mm. wealth and you like committed to be doing something on that day that didn't yeah. make you that step ahead then over the over the year you have 12 12 steps that you've taken that you wouldn't have taken otherwise um, exactly and it's funny how we leave things and it's not related to wealth at all but things that two things I keep meaning to do and I still haven't one I haven't changed the clock in my car yet because you've got to do it when it's stationary and as soon as it's stationary I get out so I'm never Obviously. stationary yeah. and then the other is that we need to do far longer than a week my front steps like got loads of leaves and moss and just crap all over it and I just think oh I'll sweep that up every time I walk in and walk <laughs> over it think, I'll do that yeah. I walk out and think I haven't done that and it's really getting on my nerves so yeah I just need to get on and do this stuff then yeah. it's the same with wealth building isn't it you don't think about building wealth you think about doing one little thing that will get you one step further along that road he actually um recommended a free book didn't he which we'll put the link into the show notes here that'll yeah. be you know a great place to start um because it's free and it's going to help you build your wealth that was property marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club if you enjoyed it connect with us on social media just search get savvy club <laughs>